46, Psalms 46, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know things because of that, it kind of threw me a little off track time-wise, but um, I'm going to still give you my heart tonight, amen, and uh, and uh, in uh, Psalms 46, and Verse 1, verse 1, Psalms 46, verse 1. And let's stand out of respect to the Word of God tonight. And brother, thank you for taking care of us. You've done a great job. And and I'm like an old stray dog. You keep feeding me, I'll stick around. Amen. And uh, But thank you so much. Amen. Psalms 46, verse 1. The Bible says God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters have roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. And by the way, let me just stop there a minute. How many of you ever felt like your mountains were coming down. Amen. How many of you felt like the rivers were roaring in your life? And that's basically what it's talking about here. But look in verse 4. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. I like that part, don't you? God's there. Now listen, there may be a lot of people you don't want there. Amen? Uh, uh, like your mother-in-law. Oh, no, i just kidding. Amen. Uh, but God's going to be there. And God will be in the midst of whatever you're going through. And she shall not be moved, and God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raised, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts, I like this part. The Lord of hosts is with us. The way he said, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. What a God we have. But then look at the next verse. Be still. And know that I am God. You know, sometimes God wants you to be still. Can I have amen? I mean, we live in generations that they don't know how to be still. I mean, you take their phones away and they start doing this. Amen. Amen. Hey, but, but, but sometimes God just wants you to be still. And know that he's God. He said, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And it was so important what he said in verse 7. He said it again. Look in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
Hey, God wants you to know He's with you. Amen? He's with you. And then look what He said. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the precious Word of God. Now, Lord, I'm so grateful for what you did this morning. But whatever was done this morning has been done. And and what's going to be done tomorrow is not done yet. So all I have is right now. So, Lord, I'm asking you to fill this preacher from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I'm just a voice. And Lord, I, I'm, I would say that this message is probably one of the most hardest, difficult, emotional, draining messages that I preach is tonight. Now use me, fill me, control me, and I promise you whatever's done this room tonight, you'll get all the glory. Because you deserve every bit of it. In your precious, holy, wonderful name, Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated there. I'm going to grab this water here. And uh, I want tonight, and I want you to just shut your Bible. Because we're not, we will not be turned into Bible anymore tonight. Because what I want to do is I want to share a story with you that pastor, your pastor, asked me to share. And uh, I've shared this all over the world, this story, and what God has done in my life. You know, uh, I, and, it, and it begins like this. Of course, I... I um, you know, I've pastored and been in the ministry now a long time. And, and of course, I got, I got my whole life has been interesting. It's been interesting. I think about, I, 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 I think about Brother Keith, we talked about this morning. He was supposed to go on the street preaching with us one time in Atlanta. We were in Bible college together. And I got arrested. Five of us got arrested for preaching on the street. Now, he didn't show up that night. Amen. And so he didn't get a striped suntan. Amen. But, but we got arrested for preaching underground, Atlanta. Uh, I, I got arrested one time. I was in a bus accident. I was at Forest Hills Baptist Church and the brakes fell on the bus and, and it, Killed an 83-year-old man. Uh, my father was taken to jail then. Uh, I, I thank the Lord it was proven it was accident, but I was in jail for just a, a night or so there. By the way, I've been put in jail more after I got saved than I did before I got saved. Amen. But but anyway, I, I had to go through all that. Lawsuits and all kinds of things when I was in Bible college. Uh, I I know what it is to bury one of my children and preach the funeral of my own child. I know what it is to preach the funeral. I know what it is to pastor. 
I pastored for years and, and, and I won people to Christ, put their homes together, but then, then turn right back around. We turn right back around and they walk out the door like I never done anything for them and talk dirt about them. I know what that is. I know what it is to bury my own wife. I know what it is to lose a dear wife and you'll hear the story in a minute. Uh, I know it, my wife back there just a few years ago, she started having problems with her eyes and, and, and we got back here and come to find out both retinas had detached, both of them, at the same time. They said she was blind, uh, they said you'll be blind for three months. Uh, and, and by the way, let me say this, even though she couldn't see, she could still see what I did wrong. How many of you husbands have that problem? Amen, amen. And, uh, but anyway, I, I know what it is to go through all those things. I know what it is to lose loved ones and moms and dads. I know, I know. But you're not just looking at a guy who just fell off a pumpkin wagon. Amen. And you didn't see me come in discouraged tonight. Amen. You said God, you saw guys talking about starting churches all over the world. Amen. On the top side. Amen. You know why? Because I've learned this verses. God is with us. God is with us. Well, to make a long story short, it all came like this, that I was pastoring in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And as I was pastoring in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I'll never forget that one day my wife and I were out in the yard and we were picking, we were, uh, my wife loved flowers. She loved flowers, and of course, uh, my and this was my first wife, and and she and I. And by the way, I I hate flowers. You say, well, brother Brian, why you hate flowers? Well, number one, you can't eat them. Can I have a bin? <laughs> now, if it's collard greens, they're worth growing. Can I have a bin? Hey, but uh, uh, and and then I've got to be the one to. You know, uh, pick all the weeds and pull it out and do all that. So my wife said, oh, they're so pretty. Amen. And number three, God did not call men to plant flowers. Can I have amen? You say, what did God call men to do? God called men to lay on the couch and watch football. Can I have amen? Amen. And, uh, but, uh, so, so, uh, we were out there that day and my wife reached down to pull some weeds out that were down there. She was pulled. And when she did, I heard a pop, a loud pop. And I said, oh my goodness, what was that? She said, I don't know, but I felt it. And then she went into pain. Well, it ended up, we went to the hospital and they, they run some, uh, x-rays, said, well, Miss Brown, you, you broke, uh, you broken a bone. You have a rib bone broke. And she, and, uh, they said, how'd you fall? She said, I didn't. I just reached down and pulled a weed and it broke. And they said, well, that's, uh, just be careful and we're going to give you some pain medicine, send you home and it'll heal. Well, a few weeks passed and everything was going pretty good. Next thing I know, another one broke. Another one broke. We ended up going back. They did a full body. They doctor said, look, something's going wrong here. They did a full body scan on her. And they said, we're going to send you home now and we'll call you and see what's going on. 
about a week or two later, uh, uh, we were at the house. I was getting ready to go soul winning. It was on a Thursday night, and I was getting ready to go out soul winning. And I was in the kitchen there. My wife, my wife said, uh, the phone rang, and I heard her talking back in the bedroom on the phone. And when, when she got on the phone, she said, uh, Craig, can you come in the bedroom here? I need to talk to you. I walked in the bedroom and she said, shut the door. I don't want the kids to hear this. She said, but I've got cancer. The doctor just called and said, I've got cancer. Well, when I, listen, when you hear that word cancer, uh, your mind begins to race a thousand different directions. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, is it, you know, it, or, you know, questions begin to come to your mind. You know, are you going to die? What kind you got? What you got? Where? You know, and all these things become to my mind. And the doctor said, well, what you have is called multiple myeloma bone cancer. And she said, he said that the cancer is in your sacrum bone, which is your tailbone. And your tailbone is completely eat off. It's gone. It's in your, it's two or three places in your spine. It's in your, it's in your neck bone. It's in your head bone. It's in your left knee. And as we sit there, I'll be honest with you for about 25, 30 minutes, I was numb. I was numb. I, we didn't even know hardly what to say. I didn't know what to say to her. She didn't hardly know what to say to me. And, and so we're just sitting there looking at each other like, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And I finally, I, I looked at her and I said, honey, I said, I'd like to make two vows right now. And I said, the first vow is this. No matter what you go through, I promise you, no matter what you go through, I'm going to be by your side the whole way. And little did I know what I was about to deal with. Little did I know. Second of all, I said, no matter what we go through together, no matter what we go through, I promise God right now, He will get all the glory in our life. And little did I know what I was saying then. Well, we began to head down this. Well, I'll never forget that night. I said, I, I, I said that and the Holy Spirit spoke to me just as clear. It was like the Holy Spirit said, okay, you want to give me the glory? What better way to give somebody the glory than to go tell somebody about Jesus? You got your New Testament. You ready to go soul winning? Are you going to go soul winning tonight? And I looked at my wife and I said, honey, would you be okay if I go soul winning tonight? She said, absolutely. I'll never forget that night, me and my deacon went out and we knocked on the door. The first door we knocked on, a young lady and her husband just moved there. And they just found out two days before that she had cancer. And, 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 and I shared with them what I had just learned that night. And I had the privilege of leading them to Christ and they got saved and, and they came Sunday, on that Sunday and got baptized. Amen. God began to show his glory. 
We started down the road of chemo. Things were starting to go pretty good, but then right off the bat, she got pneumonia. Her immune system bottomed out. She got pneumonia. And I remember her laying in a hospital and, and I'm suctioning and trying to suction the stuff to keep from going in her lungs. And she's fighting, you know, for oxygen and air and all that. Well, uh, the, we, we didn't know she's going to live or die then. It was, it was getting rough. Well, then folks started spreading everywhere praying for us and started praying for my wife. It started going everywhere. We started getting emails and calls and things like that all over the world, all over because we had friends all over the world. And we began to have people contact, letting us know they're praying for us. Well, praise the Lord, it worked. And she got, uh, she got better. So she came home. Well, while we was home, my wife started swelling. She started swelling and she started getting bigger. She was a small frame woman and she got bigger and bigger. And, and, and one morning I woke up, even, uh, her side was seeping and split open a little bit and it was seeping, uh, uh, out a little bit. So I, Immediately rushed her to the hospital and, and what had happened is why she was at the hospital the first time, she got what they call C. diff. And C. diff is an infection in the colon. And that infection was just growing and growing. And your, your colon's like a bicycle tube and it was getting bigger and bigger and fuller and fuller. And the doctor said, look, because her immune system's at the bottom because of the chemo, it won't fight off the infection. And we're trying to give her antibiotics, but it's not working. So we're going to have to cut her whole colon out. They went in and they cut all her colon out. She had to wear a bag on her side. They had to put a, an awesome bag on her side. And I had to change that for constantly over and over many times I I'd be preaching at church and she'd wave at me while I'm preaching I knew what that meant and so I would have my music leader come up and lead in a song right in the middle of my sermon and I'd go to my office and change her bag and come back because she was so conscious of it and everything and then I'd come back and finish my sermon but you know I she, so we went through that, and then after that, my, this was 2010, they came to us and said, okay, now what we want to do, what we want to do is we, we want to do a transplant, and we're going to have to send you to Ann Arbor, Michigan to do a transplant. So we said, okay, now we're in Grand Rapids, couple hours away and I'm pastoring a church but I got to go to Ann Arbor and they said you'll have to stay here a month they're going to take her cells out try to wash out the bad ones and put the good ones back in I said okay so we 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 went there a March of 2010 while I was there taking care of her I got pancreatitis. They ended up putting me in the hospital two floors down from her. Matter of fact, she went home before I did. 
But I'll never forget that uh, it, when I got, finally got home, it didn't work. The cancer was spreading still, getting worse. Finally, they said, okay, now we want, we, we want you to do something. You're going to have to come back in September and we're going, we're going to do a transplant and we're going to use her sister's cells. They're a perfect match. But you're going to have to live here three and a half months. Now, folks, my church was booming. I mean, it was growing and, and, and we were, we were on, you know, so good days, 700, you know, six, uh, hundred, 700 busting the seam and, and here I'm trying to pastor, but now I got to move to Ann Arbor two hours away and, and over there. And, but then also during that time, that's when the economy had collapsed in Michigan. That's when General Motors was shutting doors. I had eight, it was like 17, 18 men lose a job in my church. Now, my tithes and offers went down because I had men that lost their job, making good money, good money. And so I had to take a big pay cut. Now they're telling me, you've got to get an apartment and pay the rent. You've got to rent an apartment in Ann Arbor, paying, and the cheapest one we could find was like 1000 or $1,100 then. And it was, it was nothing. It was nothing. And they said, you'll have to rent now. And I'm also playing a thousand dollar mortgage. Amen. And trying to do that and just took a, a big pay cut on my salary. And I'm, and, and so I'm thinking, Oh boy, what are we going to do? But you know, as I, I begin to pray and about, about uh, two weeks before we're supposed to be moved there and her started because they wanted her near the hospital in case something happened. And they said, all right, what we want you to do, you got to, you got to get moved here. And I said, I, I, I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're just going to trust God and we're going to pray and we're going to see what God do. So I went to my wife on a Friday, and I said, honey, God wants me to do something. She went, uh-oh. And I said, God wants us to take on two missionaries ourselves personally. And and she said, okay. If you feel that's what God wants, we'll do it. Well, I dropped two $100 bills in on Sunday to take on a, a month for a missionary, support myself personally, and when I did that, on Monday morning, Monday morning, I got a phone call. And when I answered the phone, this man on the, on the, on the phone goes, Hey, preacher, as soon as I answered the phone. And he sounded like he was mad. Sounded like he was mad. Now, I want to tell y'all something. I pastor, and I don't like getting phone calls like that on Monday morning. Can I have amen? And I heard this for, Hey, preacher. And I said, well, hello. He said, you know who this is? I said, no, sir. He said, it's Russell, Russell Anderson. And I said, Brother Anderson, how you doing? He said, I'm doing all right, like that. I said, well, he said, 
I just wanted to call and tell you something. I said, what is? He said, God woke me up in the middle of the night. And he had like he was mad about it. He had like he was mad about it. And I said, well, Brother Anderson, I'm sorry God woke you up. He said, oh, it don't matter. God's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. If y'all know Brother Anderson, that's why he is. And I said, I said, I said, well, what did God tell you, tell you, man? He said, God woke me up. He said, I used to own, uh, he said, I heard about your situation. He said, God, uh, he said, I heard about your wife having cancer. And I heard that you were, uh, you need a place here. He said, I used to own over 400 apartments, but I sold a bunch of them. But he said, I still got some. And I just want you to know that you can stay in that apartment and you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to pay anything and you don't even pay the utilities. Have a good day. And he hung the phone up. He hung the phone. I said, to God be the glory. One of my points that I, when I preach this message is this. What do you see when your mountains come tumbling down? One of them is, you get to see God provide. You get to see God provide. Amen. Oh, we saw God. We had no insurance. We had nothing. We had nothing. But God took care of everything. Amen. God took care of everything. And we we got a place to stay. Didn't have to pay a dime for. God took care. Well, we got moved in that apartment. I'm trying to drive back and forth, take care of my wife. She, uh, she was on 41 different medications. She was on shots, needles, IVs, uh, liquid medicine, everything. I was, I was, it was a round the clock thing taking care of her. Well, they did the transplant, everything, and she had to stay at the hospital the first month, but then afterwards she came home. One morning, one night, in the middle of the night, about 2.30 morning, I woke up and I smelled this strange odor in our room. I went, immediately I jumped up and I cut the light on. I heard my wife breathing real hard in the bed, so I cut the light on. And when I did, there was blood all over our bed. Blood was coming out of her mouth. She was hemorrhaging. She was in like a coma state, so I swept her up in my arms, and immediately, I remember that night, literally throwing her in the car and and literally flying around the corner to get to the hospital and bust through the emergency room that night with my wife, and and I, I was just screaming, she's dying, she's dying. I had blood all over me. And what had happened is, the, the new cells they put in her were fighting with the old cells. The doctor said it was like a man in her gut punching holes in her gut. She couldn't eat for two months. She had the graft-versus-host disease, and it was literally hemorrhaging, causing her to hemorrhage. Well, for two months, she couldn't eat. They wouldn't let her eat. They had to put her on a feeding tube like and 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 there was many times, listen, there were many nights and many days I'd sit there and say, God, where are you, God? Where are you, God? And as 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 we we sit there and went through all that, well, 
You know, we wasn't there three and a half months. We were there five and a half months. And we had to go through some unbelievable journeys during that time with all this. But thank the Lord, she lived. She lived. It was a miracle. Well, finally, we got through that. And finally, they said, you can go home now. You can move back home. This is 2011. So we we get back, moving back home and... And 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 we we got back home and and by the way, I, it, it was 2010 that well, I was moving our stuff back home. So excited about going back to our house back in Grand Rapids that I got around Lansing, Michigan, and my phone rang. A man on the phone said. Uh, Brother Brian, you don't know who I am. It was on a Monday morning. I Listen to this. I had gotten up that morning and laid all my bills on the floor. I laid all my bills on the floor. And I prayed over those bills. And I said, God, I can't meet. I can't pay for all these bills. God, you're going to have to do it. Well, when I got everything packed up and somebody from our church came and got Bonnie, I was driving a U-Haul truck around Lansing, Michigan, and the phone rang. And this man said, you don't know who I am. But he said, uh, this morning, or yesterday morning, a preacher by the name of Monty Watts came to our uh, church, which Monty Watts is my dear friend. And he told about your wife and everything you've been through. And he said, I want money back on purpose each year. Then when God showed me who to give it to, I give it to. And he said, tell me who you want me to give this money to. And he said, to send you that money. I'd never met him. His name Ron Milton. That's the first time I ever met him. But Brother Ron, that was 2010, and, and I'll never forget that when I got home the next few days, I camped out. It was exactly, listen to me, it was exactly to the dime what I owed on them bills. God took care of my needs. Can I have amen? And you don't appreciate as much until you don't pass. Finally in May, and, and I knew I was going to go over tonight, preach. And... Uh, but listen, and so, so, uh, uh, so anyway, we got back and everything was going pretty good. Graduating, and from our Christian school there, she was graduating office afterwards, and the ladies came running down the mall, said, "Pastor, you down there?" And and she couldn't walk, and I picked her up and took her to her femur bone had just snapped. Cancer was just eating her bones up and weakening her bones. And you know, your femur bones, you most... We, uh, we, uh, uh, so they had to do emergency surgery, you know, steel rod and all that. She had to, we had to go through everything. We had to go through everything for her to wash her, clean her, restroom, everything, take care of her. I made a vow that I'd be by your side all the way. Well, we went through that, and we got through that, and 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 she started healing and started getting better. I tell her, I said, honey, that's the sexiest walker I've ever seen in my life. Amen. Um, she was um, So anyway, 
She started getting better. God called me to be an evangelist. I couldn't believe God called me to be an evangelist when I had a... God's called me to be an evangelist. And I got a wife with cancer dying. I was... You're nuts. But that's what God did with me. And in September of that year, God had called me an evangelism. And, and, uh, and we were getting ready to go to a church. And I heard her scream in the bedroom. I immediately went to them like this. And what had happened was, and immediately were back. Then by the time we got to the hospital, it, she felt several more pop. spine was breaking. Her spine was. Well, finally, a big tumor, a big tumor right on the base of her neck. And I'll never forget when I brought her home. I had to, ended up taking they ended up that day driving back with my wife in the car. They had pillows on. They had seen that she was out of it. And I'm going to tell you, this was it. Well, you heard the story. Many of you heard the story at 10 minutes. Uh, 10 minutes, uh, no, 12 minutes after. And you heard the, if you were in here this morning, you heard how when God took her home, I felt relief. She's my wife. She, my wife, uh, of course, they were almost killed in a gas explosion in her house. Her sister, then her husband died with cancer. Then her husband died with cancer. She went through all that. You know, we know what hurt is. We know what pain is. God was about to do with my life. Little did I know, God had a plan. Sometimes we don't understand what the my life. And by the way, she's a lot better off than I am. Can I have amen? She's a lot better off than I am. Hey, I get to, we got to see God's protection. God protected us. We also, we got to see the peace of the peace of God. Folks, look at me. You don't get this. I mean, you won't appreciate it much. That night and, and I'll be honest with you I was sitting there and I, I, I she was always winning people Lord you talking about a soul winner the Lord. We saw doctors get saved. We saw nurses get saved. I mean God did and 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 she was always on. Matter of fact the doctor would come to the and he'd have to stand out there and by the way because of that he was surgery waiting area. They'll get ready to do surgery on me. For the first time, I saw her discouraged. I saw quit. Ruin. I looked down at my wife, and I didn't like that look. like that look on her face. And I said, honey, are you okay? And all of a sudden, she had the most pitiful look on her face. She said, I am so weary. I am so tired. And then, and then so I just dropped my head in my hand and started weeping. And I said, God, how much more? How much more are we going to have to go through this? And while I had my head laying in my hands, all of a sudden, my wife just burst out singing. And she said, 
I'm so tired. I'm so weary. But I believe I'll go on till the Lord calls me home. Buddy, the peace of God came in that room. Amen. I mean, I can't explain it. I can't explain God's grace. I can't explain it. I just know it's real. Amen. And the peace of God, that passive all understanding, came in that room that night. And I'm telling you, you don't get to experience that until your mountains come tumbling down. And it's roaring. And then last of all, you get to experience the power of God. Oh, my goodness. Folks, I'm telling you what. We ended up, I, I, I wish I could tell you the stories, how God moved and how souls got saved through what God did. They, they, that, we talked, uh, my son knows a nurse in Ann Arbor there, my son and daughter-in-law, and they said that lady still talks about the Bryans that were at, at the, at the University of Michigan Hospital. They, she still talks about, nurses still talk about the Bryans and what God, hey, I'm telling you, 179 people got saved there. Amen. 179 people. Doctors got saved. Nurses got saved. Hospital administrators got saved. Patients got saved. Patient families got saved. You want, you want to know something funny? Hey, I, here's a liberal university don't even believe in God and they're announcing across the intercom Pastor Brian's having a Bible study in room so and so amen and I mean we had a lost liberal doc didn't even believe in God matter of fact the first time we met with him I asked him are you saved do you know you're going to heaven he said let me tell you something right now he was very pointed with me he said he said from now on he said, he said, I'm going to do everything I can to take care of your wife. But don't you ever, don't you ever mention God to me again. He was atheist. He didn't believe in God. But I wish you could have seen about a year and a half later when he saw what all my wife went through and what we went through. And every time he'd come to hospital, he couldn't find us in the room. We'd have baskets of, of goodies going to all the patients. Everybody that came to the, uh, the, the cancer floor, we'd go and greet them there. We'd take a basket and goodies, a little Bible and some tracts and stuff to, and get their name and, and let them know we're going to be praying for. We were like the, the welcome, amen, uh, co- committee showing up, amen. And, uh, and, and we got to win many of those people to Christ and many, and it got where I was having a Bible study. We, and, and, and doctors and nurses were coming in there. Some of them were even learning how to be soul winners. Amen. And win people to the Lord. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, I had doctors leading people to Christ before they died with cancer. I mean, uh, hey, I'm telling you, that is the power of God. Amen. God wants to take a broken situation and show you His power, what He can do. And that Dr. Brady, Dr. Brady, 
He was a good-looking young man. He was from another country, but he was good-looking. My wife, I, I, my wife, she wanted to marry him. Amen. <laughs> she wanted to run off. She kept telling me, "I'm gonna run off with that doctor." <laughs> Amen. And I said, "Well, he'll have to pay the bills." Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, hey, but hey, but I'm gonna tell you. Uh, uh, that, but you know what? It ended up a year and a half later. Doctor Brady, he was going to visit his family. Listen, and I'm, I, uh, you've heard this before. Preachers say, "I'll be done here." Amen. But I, uh, but let let me tell you something. Doctor Brady, one day, God, he was going to visit. I hadn't seen him in several years. He had been in medical school and everything else. And God laid on my heart, uh, I can't remember the name of the country he was from. But anyway, I remember I got a, a Arabic Bible for him. And I ordered it. It was an Arabic Bible, uh, uh, an old King James Arabic Bible. And I got that. And and so we had to go back and visit him. And he was leaving like the next day or so to go see his mom. I hadn't seen her in years. And I got him one, I got his mama one, and I got his his daddy one. And it ended up that I wrote in the front of that Bible to his mama, thank you for giving up your son all these years to try to save my wife's life. And I'll never forget that, that day when I sit in that office, God had broke my heart for him. And, I, and we, so he gave us some news that day from blood reports that it wasn't good. And when he got done, I looked at Dr. Brady. I said, Dr. Brady, I said, I just, I know that you're going to be leaving a couple of days. You're going to be gone a week or two. And I'm so glad you're going to see your mom, your family, and all of them. I said, but, but I got a gift I'd like for you to take to your mama and your loved ones. Would, would you do that? And I had a bag, and all of a sudden, I reached in that bag, and I pulled them Bibles out. I said, I'd like to give you a brand new Bible. I said, I wrote this in the front, and I read it to him. When I got done, I didn't know if he was going to say, I don't want that. He looked at me, and he said, let me tell you something. He said, let me tell y'all something. Y'all the weirdest people I've ever met in my life. That's what he told me. He said, I've never met anybody like you. He said, every time I go to the hospital, y'all are gone talking to people and telling, praying with people. He'd see us praying with people in the hallway. He said, after all your wife has been through and everything, y'all never seem to get down. You never seem to get discouraged. He said, let me tell you something. He said, so I've started searching for your God. That's what he told me. So he said, I went to a Barnes and Noble's bookstore. Now, folks, let me tell you something. If you want to find out about God, don't go to Barnes and Noble bookstore. <laughs> Can I have amen? But he went to Barnes and Noble bookstore and bought a book that was against God. It was, it was like an atheistic book. He was trying to prove God is not real by that book. Well, he called his mama. Now, she was Roman Catholic. She was Roman Catholic. Well, he called his mama in that foreign country and said, Mama, she said, I bought a book that 
proves that God's not real. She said, well, I tell you what, son, you better go throw that book away because there is a God. Now, at least she would stand there is a God. And so I got mad. He said, I got mad at my mama. He's telling me this now. I got mad and slammed the phone down. And I looked up. I looked up to God and I said, okay, God, if you're real, give me a book that proves you're real. And I'm standing there holding that Bible. And tears began to come to his eyes. He said, I think God has answered my prayer today. And right there, he, right there, he was like a baby eating candy out of my hand. I led Dr. Brady to Jesus Christ. He got down on his knees in his office and got saved. Got saved. Oh, let me tell you something. It hurt to watch his sweetheart go through all that. But I'm going to tell you something. But I'm telling you, God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And God is God. And God knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. You've just got to decide. I'm going to let God have his way. And his will. You know, I love that song they sing tonight. Is, are they here? Where are they at? Can y'all sing that again? Are you ready? Yeah. Come on up and sing that again. Amen. That's going to be our invitation song. I like that. Amen. I want you tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever the purpose is, I even today, today, I I still hear results of all God has done. Look, I'm standing here as an example that God, can do it. God can do it. Can I have amen? God can do great things through your life and through your whatever the storm is. No matter what you're going through, God wants to do something.